0: All right. Yeah, well, you know, vegan, another thing to talk about from his presser. That is not his hair, his spiky, horny. <laughs> horny.
1: Don't call it horny. Don't say that. Call it, Phrase it any, any other way than that, please. <laughs> oh, when it came out of my mouth, I knew it was wrong.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Manhattan Bank has been serving the Gallatin Valley since 1905. Started by local farmers in order to help grow the agriculture industry, Manhattan Bank has since grown into a full-service bank serving the entire Valley. With branches in Manhattan, Churchill, Three Forks, and Bozeman, you're never far from your local bank. As banks are
0: consolidating and changing, Manhattan Bank sets themselves apart through consistency and a small-town banking field. Come see why we have been in the Valley for well over 100 years. Stop by the new building in Bozeman. See Justin Skillman and Tyler Dosher for your business banking and Brad Whitmer for your home loans. Go Cats! Member FDIC. Welcome everybody to the RNR Catcast, a fan-based podcast focusing on Montana State Athletics. We're two dudes named Ryan from the state of Washington talking about our dear Montana State. We hope you enjoy. All right, welcome back, Bobcat fans! Thanks for joining us on another episode of the RNR Catcast. I'm one of your hosts. Ryan Foley, he's your host, stroking his beard. Ryan Thornberg, we are the Ryans of the RNR Cast, the Montana State affiliate of the Big Sky Podcast Network, and we have a sweet sponsor in Manhattan Bank, providing all your banking needs in the Gallatin County, having four locations in Bozeman, Churchill, Manhattan, and Three Forks. This is part two for. This episode, a continuation on, we're going to get into Northern Arizona and fulfill all of our Golden coolie
1: obligations. We're doing it, man. Thorny, how are you? Doing fantastic, man. A double episode week, not an instant reaction show. Bringing you two episodes this week, bringing you that Bobcat content, loving it, loving the, the questions we got, enough to fit into two episodes, feeling great.
0: Yeah, it kind of reminds me of last year when we hit November Big Man Month. Big Man that month. we
1: we tended to we tended. That's not even a word, is it? Yeah, might be. Tend ten them rabbits we, from, like in uh, a okay. of mice and men. There you go.
0: <laughs> we put that's out two my episodes regularly. I mean, when when Cat Grizz rolls around, it gets just kind of crazy, and then playoff was crazy, crazy, crazy. So it's coming, Bobcat fans. You're going to hear a lot of the R&R here in the next month. 20 days, it was like 20 days, two days ago or something, that the playoff projection, playoff bracket will be announced. How's that make you feel?
1: I'm so excited for that, man. We should try and do maybe some sort of like a live show or a Twitter space or something for the selection show. That'd be kind of fun.
0: Yeah, that would be cool. I could get down with that.
1: We could do that. That'd be fun.
0: All right. We're going to answer some golden coolie questions about the playoffs tonight. So. Playoffs. Thorny and I will give our cold takes on, on that. I don't, I haven't prepared. I haven't prepared. Like I haven't done a lot of research on the playoffs. So no. I, Ryan and I were talking that maybe we should, you know, later on
1: probably two weeks from now, give a playoff preview or something like that. Sure, Or at least a, uh- when we've had time to actually spend a few minutes looking at it. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, I think I gave the show rundown already. I think so. It's a pretty simple one, man. Just drinks, lumberjacks, coolie questions. Lumberjacks. Booms. That's right, right? I think so. <laughs> no, you're, We're good. You're saying that. Well, you said lumberjacks. I'm like, wait, is that not right? And now I'm like questioning what is NAU? <laughs> no, they're the lumberjacks. Well, don't, don't. If if you read Bobcat
0: Nation, you, you get a ton of different iterations of what they're called. Axe grinders,
1: flannel wearers. Flannel wearers. Bearded guys. Yeah. Bearded flannel wearing axe wielding maniacs. <laughs>
0: I think Montana State Bobcat fans on Bobcat Nation are a little bit too confident. I love all their predictions. I don't make any predictions on the thread, but everybody's like, 49-13, 49-17, 42-18.
1: I'm like, I don't know, guys. It's easy to it's- think that, but <laughs> when you start looking at it, maybe not. Maybe hold the horses. Right. Although, we did get called out for not being a nearly positive enough on the podcast. So, maybe maybe this is us just being too grounded, and maybe forty nine thirteen is what we should be saying, but let's just uh feed the kool-aid to the to the listeners <laughs> yeah, we
0: could do that, but I can't I can't all right that. that's not me nope,
1: let's talk about what we're drinking tonight, thorny. all right, well, I have a concoction that we invented last year in the household. Oh jeez, I'm sorry.
0: What's
1: in your golden coolie? Okay, sorry. Yes, we have a, a concoction we invented in our house last year. We There's a local apple farm type place that has a big, huge like store and they have a cafe and they do music and live music and all sorts of fun stuff. Um, can you hear me all right? Yeah, Gosh, I'm good. My wavelengths are looking real funky. Anyway, we bought a pumpkin spice liqueur from there last year. Val did, my wife, and she brought it home. I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? I don't know any mixed drinks with pumpkin spice liqueur. What am I supposed to do with pumpkin liqueur? So we bought some eggnog and that tasted pretty good. And I was like, well, let's pour some rum into it. So that's kind of the drink that we drink when eggnog season is in. Just some spiced rum, some pumpkin liqueur, and some eggnog at made-up ratios every time I make it. But here I am drinking it. And uh, you know what? I'm enjoying it. I can only have about one because it's pretty rich, but it does taste pretty good. So the rare cocktail on the on the on this show, I know you don't really drink hard liquor still so the only person who would be having cocktails would be me, but here I am with the homemade contraption with pumpkin liqueur in it. Cheers
0: It's better than the story of drinking a it's not Miller light what do you drink the skinny cans with those high lifes no ultras. There
1: it is. I'm holding no. it up for him because that's my backup. <laughs> as soon as I finish this eggnog <laughs> thing, <laughs> liquor before beer in the uh, clear.
0: There you go. <laughs> I still have a Modelo. Of course I did because it, we literally recorded two week or two days ago, two yeah. weeks ago. There it is. Oh, man, having trouble already. It's gonna be a fun one. <laughs> All right, we Modelo and eggnog. We. You know, but it, today was a landmark day for Golden Coolies. I sent out seven count them seven Golden Coolies in the mail today. And that's not because I was lazy. I'm not behind on my orders. We had a landfall of Golden Coolie uh purchases and yeah. requests and it's been awesome. man. So I went to the post office today and the guy that normally takes care of me is like, "Hey, your post, your podcast must be doing well." I said, <laughs> "I guess so." <laughs> it was awesome. I
1: never sent seven out at one time. That was really cool. Yeah, we appreciate everyone who kind of, you know, purchased some coolies, it helps out the podcast. I mean, obviously we give them away for free, but we try and promote that as a <laughs> a way to support the show while getting a coolie. Like it help, It just helps us out a little bit. So we really appreciate everyone who, uh, you know, purchased one here in the last week or so. And if you're interested in that kind of stuff, you can find us on Ko-Fi. That's K-O hyphen fi.com slash rrcatcast, and there's various other ways you can support the show through memberships, recurring subscriptions, and purchasing coolies, and all that fun stuff. Check it out.
0: Good call, Thorny. Let's talk. You know, one thing we didn't speak of or
1: preview was the press conference. We keep skirting this. So let's talk about the press conference. Yeah, we said that we were going to talk about it, and then we don't. This should be a drinking game for listeners out there. How many times that we say we're going to talk about something or we'll talk about this later. Do we ever actually get to these things? I feel like we are at probably like a 60% success rate on things that we say we're going to talk about. <laughs> we never end up talking about them. We'll talk about this more later in the podcast. No, no, we won't. <laughs> we will forget. Uh, press conference came out on Monday. Brent Vigan held a press conference. Uh, most notably, just a whole bunch of injury updates. Sean Chambers is day to day. I think he's gonna make the trip to Flagstaff. I don't think he's going to play unless maybe they have to. Uh, but good to see he's he's on the road to recovery. I didn't really re- didn't really realize he was quite that banged up, I guess, but that's you know, that's that's a while now with the bye week and missing weaver state. You know, that's three that's a few weeks that he hasn't played. So that that's interesting. I
0: heard it was something back at like Idaho State like an aggravated injury. We knew he had injuries at Wyoming. Yes. I'm not sure th- what those were. I haven't done any research.
1: I've never heard anybody speak of them. Pretty sure they're leg injuries, but that could be, that's just me. Lower hazy. Extremity. Yeah. Lower body injury. I don't know. I actually had that <laughs> thought today. I'm like, you know, Chambers has a little bit of a history of a uh, injury injuries. Is this like more serious than we think? Is he not going to be back? Is this one of the things we just keep hearing about? And he's day to day, and he just never comes back. I hope that's not the case. Man, he's such an important player for us. Yeah, we're we're talking about. Uh, actually, we have a Golden Cooley question about this, and I kind of want to answer this right now. Uh, in the middle of our press conference, let's let's make sure we finish our press conference discussion. <laughs> <laughs> and looking forward to the playoffs. What is one team? You oh no, that's not the right one. What is? Oh jeez. <laughs> It's the second part of a question, so we'll ask the second part of a Golden Cooley question. From hey. Brendan Henshaw, do you think there is a player on our team where if they got hurt, our playoff run would be completely jeopardized immediately? Since we're talking about injuries and Chambers and kind of the value he's brought on the team, I thought that was kind of a good segue into that question. Anything pop to your head? Pop into your head? Well,
0: immediately I thought about the two quarterback system, and so if one goes down, the other one. Is is nice to have. I mean, obviously Sean Chambers when Tommy Mulat went down. Had you know had that happened last year, we had to go to Tucker Rovig, it would have been maybe a little bit, bit bigger scenario for the Bobcats to overcome. Honestly, I thought about this question earlier today. I think it would be Sebastian Valdez. Yeah.
1: No, he was one that popped into my head. The other one would be Callahan O'Reilly. Yeah. I think those are the two guys that we pretty much are holding that defense together by like duct tape is like Callahan O'Reilly and Sebastian Valdez. Cause right now we have, I, I have confidence in either one of our quarterbacks. Now, if we're asking that question in, in the knowledge that Chambers is hurt, then it's telling you a lot because then all of a sudden Sean Austin is the quarterback, but assuming everyone who has been relatively healthy all year, yeah, Valdez or Callahan O'Reilly would be the ones I'd pick there. It's a good question, Brendan.
0: It really is.
1: Moving on to other injury updates. Lane Sumner is not going to be back from NAU. Um, I don't fully have a picture of when he'll be back. Did Did you catch that? I heard a little bit about it on Cat Chat tonight, but I don't. I, don't, I wasn't really paying attention. Week to week. He's week to week, okay. I would guess— Rylan Orts coming back. Yeah, Rylan Orts. The, he's probably the biggest news of this thing is that he's finally reinstated.
0: Coy Steele, man. I'm and happy for Koyas. Played four games for him last year. He's yeah. coming back. I mean, that's a big deal. Wanted to quit. Didn't want to hang it up.
1: Stuck with the team. That's big, man. No, I'm, I'm super happy for him, but I don't think he'll have like a huge impact on the team necessarily. But very happy for him to stick it out, get back, and play football again because that was a pretty bad thing last year for him. Colesane's back. Cole Sain is back. So that bolsters the offensive line. Now we got six. Six solid guys you can rely on. Always good. I think so, he— So, yeah, that's I think, all— I don't think he'll play. Vegan said. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's the main one. Oh, he did mention uh, Cleveland Thomas should be out. I think he just said one more game. This could be the last one for Cleveland Thomas. He had an update tonight on Cat Chat. I kind of caught the first five six, or ten minutes of it or so, and there was a little update on Cleveland Thomas, so maybe he'll be back by Cal Poly. Cool. So you're telling me we're not going to vacate all our wins? Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Oh, that man, wouldn't I was happen. Sweating that one. I mean, honestly, anything like that probably wouldn't happen until the season's over anyway. The NCAA is not going to investigate that right now. If they do, so not out of the woods yet. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs>
0: All right. Yeah. Well, you know, vegan. Another thing to talk about from his presser. That is not his hair.
1: His spiky, horny,
0: horny. Don't call it horny.
1: Don't say that. Call it. Phrase it any any other way than that, please. Oh, when it came out of my mouth, I knew it was wrong.
0: <laughs> Spike. Whatever, whatever. Okay. Oh, moving goodness. on. This. Goodness. That one Goodness. was for don't make me put an <laughs> E for explicit on this
1: one. Oh <laughs> uh, that's so bad. All right. Um the people do want you to comment more on his hair, though.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a it's a weird hairdo he's got going on. I don't know why it bothers me. It does. Anyways, I gotta move on. Okay, mentally, here we go. He talked about special teams. So somebody in the media asked him, What would you guys work on over, you know, the last two weeks? He's like, We really spent some time working on special teams. And the thing that caught my eye, my eye, my ear, was he said they opened up some competition for spots on special teams. They want the guys who are hungry for special teams. And, you know, special teams was a blunder for us during the Weber State games. You know, two two kicks returned on us. That made me happy as a fan.
1: Yeah. No, that's good self scouting. That's understanding that it's a problem and taking an action action to correct it. That's what I love hearing about Vegan and, and staff. So that that's really good. That's really good news to hear because that was a uh, very bad, very bad performance against Weber State.
0: All right. That's the pretty much the only notable things I got from the presser. No,
1: nothing further here. <laughs> All right. Let's talk northern Arizona. The northern Arizona bearded, flannel-wearing, axe-wielding murderers. Let's go with that. All right. Let's kind of recap our season to date. This is what, the fourth season for Chris Ball? All right.
0: Before you recap the season, because we will get into all that, it is the fourth season for Chris Ball. He's been there since 2019 was his first year. And so they came to Bozeman that year. But anyways, he was a finalist for the Montana State job. We all knew that. Uh, If you recall back in August when we did an episode, I did a preseason breakdown of schedules. And NAU had the easiest schedule by my metrics. And that was an algorithm I created based off the of strength of schedule on preseason rankings. So, I've been giving the Lumberjacks a little bit of a hard time lately because they haven't lived up to the hype or lived up to the easy schedule that was put in front of them.
1: Yeah, go on. No, that's you're absolutely right. And yeah, uh, yeah, we'll we'll read through this, and it, it, you know things change as the season goes on, as teams that you thought were going to be good or bad, and vice versa. But they started off the season with a big loss to Arizona State, FBS Power 5, Arizona State. They lost that game in 3-40 is what it is. Bobcats lost to Oregon State by a huge margin. Doesn't really mean anything for the course of a season. Uh, then they went on the road and beat transitioning Sam Houston State 10-3. to So here you're thinking, yeah. all right, well, maybe the Lumberjacks, yeah. uh, you know, if they can take care of that, and they got the easy Big Sky schedule. Things are looking good for them, man. Like, and honestly, Sam Houston State hasn't lost a game since they lost to Northern Arizona. They're five and two overall. Um, it's a pretty crappy schedule. I looked at it; they're playing just a bunch of yeah. bluff teams. But point is, they haven't lost yeah, since then. That. So, pretty, pretty impressive. They're first in the whack. Yeah, first in the whatever the remains of the whack. But uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> pretty impressive win for for NAU on the road, no less. Hmm. Do you want to go back and forth? Do you want me just to, just to, yeah, just go through go it? Through so,
0: it. just a notable, a notable thing during that time was they transitioned quarterbacks from Jordan Yates to Keegan Shoemaker. And that was, who did? I believe.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I think that one must have been Sam Houston. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what team are you talking about here? Cause that's not Were well, they're in Arizona. Okay. So they're yeah. transitioning. Maybe that's why Sam Houston State, um, they pull, they basically bench the quarterback because of how he performed against yeah. NAU. Yeah. There you go. There. That's what I was trying to get. That's uh, unfortunate. <laughs> if you're so bad that you against NAU you get benched. That's not a good <laughs> that's not a good uh, sign. So then they play North Dakota at home and lose that game by three points. And actually North Dakota had to score a touchdown with 49 seconds left to win that game, 27 to 24. So even at this point, you're yes. still thinking NEU is probably a pretty good team. They beat transitioning mm-hmm. Simiason State, lost a squeaker to North Dakota, who is currently ranked. Or they've been in, in and out of the top 25. They're, they're potentially a playoff team at some point. Then they lose to Idaho at home, 27 to 10. But I don't think anybody predicted how good Idaho would be at the time. Even, even right now, people aren't realizing how good Idaho is either because they hadn't played the Grizz or anybody else at this point. So they're sitting at what? Uh, I mean, they're one at three, but they, you know, not a bad looking one and three. But then they go on the road to Portland State and lose thirty-five to twenty-seven at Portland State, and that's kind of the the backbreaker right there. That's not a good loss. I know road games are hard in the Big Sky Conference. You can't lose to Portland State, who is just a middle of the road Big Sky team yet again, if not bottom half. Then they squeak one out against Cal Poly at home. 31 to 29. Did you watch that one? What'd you think of that one?
0: It's, it was, they're, they're just chucking the ball. Both teams,
1: both teams, yeah, like Bo balls. all Cal team. Poly does. Yeah. Yeah. So let's well, continue good, on. That's a good one to watch. Cause we play both those teams. Is that why you watched it?
0: Uh, no, that's not why I watched it. I was just, you know, you have ESPN plus yeah. and you're like, Oh sweet. There's, you know, transitioning times. Put that one on. See oh. what happens.
1: By the way, do you do you have an Apple TV or any a streaming thing? Uh, I think so. You think so? Can you can you watch think- more than one game at once on your TV? Oh no, I can't. Oh man, the Apple TV is awesome because the ESPN app lets you put. I mean, there's multiple ways you can do it, but you can have it perfectly divided, so you have a game in each quadrant of your TV. It's pretty sweet. And then you can like, just click on it to blow one up real quick and then like shrink it back down. Highly recommend, since basically everything's on ESPN that we want to watch. ESPN Plus. Pretty sweet. Cool. Then they lose at UC Davis, who is all angry from losing all their games. And they're on a complete tear. They lose that game 27 <laughs> to 56 at UC You're Davis. are wrong. <laughs> uh, then they go on the road to Idaho State and win that 124-10, which is, you know, not a bad win. Idaho State's bad, but it's on the road. You never know. And and then uh, here we are. They had a bye week last week, just like the Bobcats. So, I mean, when you look at the schedule, it's not like they're embarrassing themselves or anything. No,
0: but they played Northern Colorado after us, and then they end with Weaver State. So all those teams, that, that whole schedule you just laid out, like if that was Montana State schedule, you're licking your chops. You're like, holy cow, yeah. this thing. We're just gonna roll. We're rolling. Northern Arizona. I don't know, man. They just disappoint me. I I thought they they had some hype in media days this summer, and people are like, yeah, they're set up. Let's go. Chris Ball's got the defense going. It's gonna be a good. It's gonna be a good team. It just says like you said, they haven't really embarrassed themselves, but they haven't. They haven't had any like thing outside of Sam Houston state to like hang their hat on.
1: No, Nope. Uh, yeah. You look at that. Like for number one, we would love any schedule where we don't have to end with the Grizz area. Like it'd just be nice to not have to do that one year. Right. It's, I know it's the funnest game ever, but it's a hard game. It's a, it's a crappy way to end your season in terms of like playoff seating and, and that game. Anyway, it is no one that how- in middle of October. We sure. talked about this last that year. That would be just better. Quick, quick put for that. But anyway, so you don't you don't think Idaho's gonna be any good because they haven't been historically good, and they got a new brand new coach. So you're writing them off. So, so basically, you yeah, have like Idaho, Portland State, Cal Poly, UC Davis, okay, Idaho State. Then you got Montana State, Northern Colorado, Weber State. Like that should have been like the Big Sky slate should have been like you know five and three at the worst, if not six and two. I slayed them at six and five overall. Corn Foreign Conference. That was my prediction yeah. for these guys. I don't remember what mine was, but yeah, I was not buying the NAU hype train. I never do because they haven't proven anything otherwise in a long time. It's been a long time since NAU was any decent. Yep. I think they made the playoffs in like 2015 or 2016, one of these years that the Bobcats were really bad. And they got waxed by like San Diego in the first round. <laughs> like non scholarship San Diego went to Flagstaff and just whooped them. That's the last time I remember NAU being in the playoffs.
0: What's your favorite NAU game
1: that we played? Probably that uh, that you can remember the one where we won like sixty three to seven or whatever. Travis Lule just just tore him apart. 2004, 60 to fourteen. Yeah, Halloween was that. 60 Halloween? Burger.
0: We, yeah, I remember that. What year was that? So two thousand four. It was, was. Yeah, it was two thousand four.
1: And then the other one would be a couple of years later when it was, uh, it would be 2006 when Michael Jefferson at the time set the single season like yard from scrimmage record by Bobcat, with, like 225 yards as a wide receiver or something like that. Michael Jefferson just tore in a U up again on the road. So two, two of the most memorable games I have with them are road games in the walk-up Skydome where we haven't won since that 2006 game, right? Or 2008 or something. Really? There hasn't been a lot of opportunities. They've caught us at a couple of bad times too. Because um, the last the last time the Bobcats were good, in my opinion, and in NAU, was that 2010 team. It was like McGee, Darius McGee's first year, and we just got whooped. Like we yeah. were like, like- 7
0: to 34.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was one of those years where we were really good, and then we just like completely laid an egg and just got whooped up on- <laughs> By, by the lumberjacks. So that's what I'm saying, like, that's what can happen, right? I don't think NAU was particularly particularly good that year. But no. if you don't show up, you lose. You can lose. Who's your quarterback forever? There was Jason Marietta is one of the guys that just jumps to my whoa, mind. Oh. Uh that's that's <laughs> old school. Then they had a guy who was the guy that got ejected for targeting against the Grizzlies. <laughs> Do you remember that? Remember. That guy played forever. He's one of those guys that we yeah. joked about. They played for like eight years, the Kevin Thompson model. What is his name? He went to the NFL. That's the one I'm thinking of. I'm going to do some Googling Score. here. It's going to drive me crazy. We should all know this. Case Cookus. Case Cookus. There you <laughs> go. I mean, they've had some good quarterbacks down there. And they had that oh, really good yeah. running back they a couple years that got like drafted too and played for like the uh, the Cardinals for a year or two. They had, they've had some really talented players. Case Cook was
0: there forever. Yes, he was there before. He was like a seventh year senior
1: before there was COVID. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he invented that. <laughs> if if he would have had that happen during COVID, he would have been an eighth year senior. <laughs> Which is what Kevin Thompson that's from true. Sac State could have done, but he he actually quit football and for 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 went for gone f, f, skipped his no, potential. He went
0: to University of Washington.
1: I know, but he had another year. He quit. Oh yeah, that's right. So it. he could have he <laughs> could have had two years at University of Washington after 27 years at Sac State. Anyway, <laughs> guys that have Said played a long something. time. Case cook was yeah, the was crazy. the uh, before the Kevin Tom before the COVID stuff. So anyway, I was
0: I was listening to uh Culture Nuana's show today, and he mentioned some fact that I think it was only R.J. Fitzgerald, who's on the Cats,
1: has been to Flagstaff. At least the only one who played. But yeah, he was the only one. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's kind maybe of maybe Callahan. I couldn't even. Th- I couldn't Cal even th- said he wasn't though. I just can't yeah. even. I. It just boggles my mind that somebody was around in 2017 on the road, still playing in 2022. Or was it sixteen? Sixteen or seventeen. Let's see.
0: Would have been I'm not sure, Thorny. It says N A on MSU MSU's website. So I think that was in Bozeman, twenty sixteen. Okay. Let me anyway. consult the media.
1: Yeah, it's uh, and we haven't Go played ahead. them since 2019. We've lost the last couple before that. So I mean, it's a weird place to play. It's a high elevation. It's a it's a dome. The Bobcats. I don't think have uh, performed particularly well well in domes. But considering two of the last dome games we played were in Fargo, I mean that doesn't help your dome record.
0: But uh, well, we're, we're 2017 more- was the last time okay. we were
1: in Flagstaff. Well, where do, you, Confirmed. where do you want to kind of start on our, on a little segment here? Okay. the little first thing we want to talk about is
0: RJ Martinez, their quarterback, who yeah. was the freshman big sky player of the year last year. And he is a sophomore. He has 10 touchdowns on the season. He has eight interceptions, which doesn't surprise me because they, this, these guys are a team that's going to throw the ball upwards to 40 to 60 times in a game. Uh, so he's from Austin, Texas. Uh, And uh, right now he's third in the big sky. So he's having a good year. Um, Close to 2000 yards, but that's what they're going to do. They're going to try to, they're going to be probably 60, 40 pass. Yeah. Maybe 70,
1: 30 pass. Yeah. 10 touchdowns and eight interceptions. Isn't, isn't stellar.
0: No, it's not lighting you up. Throwing for plenty of yards against UC Davis, Cal Poly and Portland state. Yeah.
1: His efficiency is not real great, one hundred and seventeen point six. So if you sort, if you look at it that way, he is the twelfth rated quarterback in the Big Sky Conference. When you, when I'm looking at overall stats here, um, which puts him, yeah, below pretty much everybody, below Dylan McCaffrey at Northern Colorado. (laughs) If that paints a picture for your for his efficiency rating. Throws it for 60 yards yeah. more a game than McCaffrey does but has actually a worse efficiency rating and a 62.5 percent completion I mean that's not bad that's fine if you're above 60 you're doing all right but yeah eight, eight interceptions on 10 touchdowns you know he can sling it though like I've he, he throws he throws a good ball and he's mobile yeah. enough and he gets around in the pocket like he'll present some problems any any anybody who can stick in the pocket or extend a extend uh play with his feet, keeping his eyes downfield more than likely you're going to find an open receiver against the Bobcats. Like, I don't like to say that it doesn't mean we're going to lose or anything like that, but you know, I think he'll get some yards. So I think that's
0: like the key to the game right there is being able to get to him with four because we need to drop eight in order to make him confused. Sometimes a Bobcats drop nine and it's really
1: interesting. Look, have you ever noticed that? Yes. Weird. Yes. <laughs> so when you're talking about getting to the quarterback, they're the number one team in the Big Sky Conference in terms of not being sacked. So it's, it's a challenge, man. Like they have a pretty decent offensive line for pass protection. And like other teams, he gets he gets the ball out fast. So that's going to be a challenge there. And he's mobile enough to avoid sacks. So getting to him with 4 could be a big challenge. So, okay, but keep in mind that NAU's
0: is 10th overall in offense in the big sky. They're only averaging 19.5 points per game. Yeah. They're 7th overall in defense. 28.4 gate 28.4 points per game. And so right there away, you know, even if 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 he does get the ball out and passes 250 against us, I'm thinking Montana State's running game alone is going to cover that.
1: Yeah, oh for, oh, for sure. Like, it's a, you know, this is a game where you want to limit their possessions. Probably probably a guy that the more he throws the ball, the more things of kind of happen for him. So I think kind of ball control thing the Cats always kind of do pretty well. Winning the time possession is going to be a game uh, or a plan that's going to work out pretty well for the Bobcats. Because, yeah, you don't want him to sit back there and spin it all game long because eventually he, he might find some success against the Cats.
0: Yeah, I think the thing that think worries me the most, right, is they've only had like three, three or four home games, and this is one of the, I think, their fourth home game. They're going to be hungry, and Montana State's number one in the conference right now, so you know the targets on our backs, right? So it's it's a big game for them. They haven't played at home. The, the crowd's going to be in it. I don't see why they wouldn't be. it's, so it's homecoming. It's deal.
1: It's also homecoming for them. It's really? Are you yep. serious? Yep, coming oh, off a of buy their first home game in a while, and it's homecoming. They're going to be revved up. They'll pull out. They're they're a team that could definitely pull out all the stops. And like they got nothing to play for at this point. Their yeah. their thing to play for is screwing over the Bobcat season. Fire's tail, fire sale. They fire, score first. <laughs> I'm actually going to sell that. <laughs> I'm going to sell that. Really? Yep. Wow. Yep. Because the Bobcats will it get the ball first. It seems to be our M.O. We'll is to go
0: down early. <laughs> it seems to be our M.O. We go down early. Whoever gets the ball We've first. We've had a lot of comeback games.
1: Whoever gets the ball first will score first in this game. <laughs>
0: You know, I, I who talked about us being negative nanny, but uh, this is like totally fully going like, yeah, I could see us going three now and, and then marching down the field, sure. doing an eight play drive, taking five minutes off the clock. Just looking like world beaters, and then Montana State going, all right, don't panic, let's come back and get this. I hate that though. I hate that so much. Yeah, I hate when we do that,
1: it's kind of our mo though. Uh, yeah, I mean Idaho, Idaho State. This is negative time. This. Just- <laughs> Went right down the field on his first drive. Made it look easy. Yeah. I mean, it's, it could happen. The Cats' defense is just not They'll consistent. They'll have something dialed up. They'll have something dialed up. We'll figure it out. I mean, their rushing defense is like 10th in the conference. Or I'm sorry, it's 8th. It's 8th in the conference, so they're not very good. And they have the second worst rushing offense. So, you know, they're not going to be able to run the ball very well. I mean, maybe against the Cats if they get... If they break contain on the edge, they could get some chunks against us. But their rushing defense isn't very good, and I guarantee they haven't seen anybody like the Bobcats rushing the ball. I mean, they're just like bottom half or middle of the road at best in pretty much every statistical category. Yep. One thing I did—I was watching their game, um, some highlights from their last game, and I can't even remember who they're playing at the, at this moment. But their their running back is kind of a load, man. Like George Robinson is his name. He's a big boy. He's hard to arm tackle, and after watching the the Weaver State game where the Bobcats almost seemed more interested in just laying big hits and not wrapping up, I mean, those, a big, huge guy like that, you, you don't want to bounce off of him. You don't want to try and arm tackle him. He's going to run right through you. He's not exactly a home hey, run he's threat. he's 6'2", 230. Yeah, there you go, 6'2", 230. That's why he looks big, because he is big. That's like Sean Chambers <laughs> almost. So you can't <laughs> be arm tackle that Chambers. guy. There you go. You
0: can't be trying to, a, like, knock him out. They have, like out. kind of a dual uh, running back system. And another guy they run is a kid named Jason Hall. He's at, uh, he's a lightning and thunder part. He's a lightning, 5'8", 175. They, they kind of split carries. Sure. But they're they're not scoring a lot of touchdowns. And they don't have a lot of yards. Like, George Robinson has 232 yards on the season. Yeah. That's not much.
1: No. so No. It's not. I mean, it's. He's he could be, you know, one guy can have a hundred yard game anytime. Like everyone's our division one running back, but you know, you just I don't see it being a huge problem for the cats. But you know, we're just talking about things to watch out for, talk, trying to preview our opponent here.
0: All right. Um, so let me ask you a question, then how do you think the resurgence of Ryan Ryland Ort affects our defense?
1: Sorry, that was a big yawn on my part right there. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. We talked a little bit about this on the last episode. I think it it has to help. It can only help. I mean, it might take a game to kind of get him back into the groove, but I think it's going to be an immediate upgrade. And I, I'm wondering if even Ryland Ort's presence is going to allow Willie Matt Garza to kind of change some of the play calls or schemes. Yeah. Somebody brought up a good point on the board. Like, is is the way... Is the safety play with like you know Kendrick Bailey and Ready Short? Ready Short's been hurt for the season for a couple of games now, but the combination of those two guys has that affected the way he's been able to call a game, knowing he has to kind of, you know, be wary of our deficiency in that area. I guess we'll see. We'll see. Someone also
0: mentioned on the board that his play, Ryan play, will free up Okada, and I don't know how that works. I can't picture that in my brain, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm just interested to see. I'm afraid that Ork comes back and then he looks like he's been rusty. I know he's been practicing, but game speed's different. Game yep. is different. You know, people be like, oh, it didn't really matter. Put uh, Bailey back in kind of deal. You know, so it's just, it is what it is.
1: No, he might struggle, but that that's fine. I don't think yeah. it's going to matter enough to change the outcome of the game. And we need him to kind of get back up to game speed for a playoff run. Sure. So it's as good an opponent as you're going to get. To get back up to speed, not like being thrown into the wolves against like Weaver State or you know Sac State or somebody. Anything else you want to
0: talk about on NAU
1: before we hit some coolie questions? No, I mean the last thing I really guess I really want to ask you, and I'll start if you don't have anything that comes to your mind. I I kinda I've been doing this the last couple of times with previewed the opponents. Kind of what what uh give me one key to the game for you for the Bobcats. Establishing the run.
0: Controlling the clock. They're going to want to pass it, but uh, if we keep RJ Martinez on the sideline, I think it, and we can establish a run. Montana State wins.
1: Yeah. Um, I had cut the stupid penalties out. What, seven false yeah. starts, and then a, an offsides on the kickoff against Weber State. I actually I have it written down, like the only way our offense can be slowed down is by our offense. (laughs) It's like, I don't really think NAU is going to be able to slow us down. If we keep getting ourselves into third and longs because of false starts, that's not where we want to be as an offense. So that's a big one for me. Uh, Don't let Northern Arizona just kind of hang around. Like you said, if they get up a score or something like that, and somehow it's like 14 to 14 at halftime or something like, you know, you, you never want to give a team that's been on the road who hasn't played for a couple of weeks, it's homecoming. Like they'll, they'll, they'll get more and more fired up as the, as the game goes on, they'll get more confident. So you kind of can't let them be ahead or stay around into the late into the second half, get up, kind of put them away. And then hopefully they just kind of like, you know, throw the towel in and last key of the game is, you know, tackle, maybe tackle some people better than you did against Weber State would be, would be hugely yeah. beneficial.
0: I'd like to see Montana State play like the number three team in the country. Yeah, I want to see them have a complete game. You know, affirm themselves as that dog. That's right. November is a time for them to start ramping up momentum into the playoffs. Big man month. As as we as we know, Bobcat fans think back to last year when you hit the playoffs. Your fuel, the way you're playing, the you know, the momentum of that time can take you to Frisco. Montana, Montana State can't limp into the playoffs. No. This, we need to take care of business. We need to take care of business. We need to take care of business the next week. And then, damn straight, we need to
1: beat, beat the Grizzlies. Man, it's kind of funny. We were going to limp into the playoffs last year and we did limit, yep. we did limp into the playoffs, but the staff mm-hmm. had the courage to make a change for yeah. the playoffs. And look how that worked out. I I just have good faith in the staff. They've they've been making pretty good decisions, I think, especially this year. So that's going to be crucial for us and a big asset for us, I think. All right. Well, uh, let's move on to some Cooley questions. Let's do it. Let's, Let's circle back to Brendan Henshaw's question, the first part of his question. Who is one player that you did not have high hopes for at the beginning of the season that has proven you wrong? Good question. Sean Chambers. Yeah, that's a that's a great choice. I mean, there was somebody on the Bobcat board who was saying that Chambers is only here to hold a clipboard and do absolutely nothing, just kind of be on the sidelines and be just depth, which was... I, I don't I don't think I expected anything near what we saw on Chambers. I think we had a golden cooley question or, or a buy or sell from somebody, or maybe you thought of it. One of our preseasons episodes was like buy or sell, like Chambers like nine touchdowns for this year. And we were like debating, like, oh, nine, that's quite a bit, you know, and like he surpassed that like game five or something like that. <laughs> so he's been just a huge surprise. I don't like, you know, with Tommy going down to Eastern Washington, what would we have done without Sean Chambers? Sean Austin goes rest of that not way. Sure, that game, man. we don't win that game.
0: Maybe, maybe not. Though that's that's one thing I like about Taylor House. Right, I think he has that I can craft the game plan for you type of philosophy. He might empower Sean Austin. Maybe Sean Austin to me might be the best passer we have.
1: Well, I think that would be a uh, J.R. Reed, who was hurt in camp. He's probably, yeah. the, he's probably the best, but I mean healthy, playing passer. quarterback. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got you. Well, I mean, just look, just look across the divide to see what happens when you don't have a good backup in place. Look to the Bobcats in Frisco last year. Like I loved Tucker Rovick, but yeah, that's why Chambers was brought in was so that that situation wouldn't happen again. Absolutely. So give me somebody besides Chambers. Yeah. So for me, uh, a good choice here, I think. And this isn't a knock. I I had good hopes for him, but I think Willie Patterson has played better than I ever thought he could. Oh, this Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I thought he was going to have a good year, but he's, he's played great. I thought the moving Willie Patterson, to the outside was kind of a, like a, what, why? A little five, 10, five, 11 guy on the outside. What are we doing? He's played great out there, man. Mm-hmm. I've had a, and he's, his blocking has been really good. He's, he's been a great team, team player, a great leader. Willie, Willie Patterson's had a great year, and uh, I don't want to say I didn't have high hopes for him, but he surpassed any of my expectations. Two other guys
0: for me that came to mind, uh, Mark Key Johnson, I knew nothing about him. I knew he came from Sac State. His return game is elite. And also Kenneth Iden. I'm, I feel like we're just starting to see him blossom, but he's becoming such a wrecking force on third downs. He is that Brody Grevy of last year. And Brody Greeby kind of been a little bit disappointed
1: in this year. I mean, he's been solid, but yeah. After kind yeah. of this little breakout season last year, but you know, we, we've talked a little bit about that. We don't need to get into that necessarily, but, you know, putting on some extra weight and being in every down, every down end is different than being a spot player who can come in and just get after the quarterback. Yep. Um, can I also just add the entire offensive line? Can. Man, they have played, they're playing so good. They're so good. Like, this is, I just never expected them to be this good. I was worried we were undersized. I was worried that we had so much like inexperience. They have just blown me away. Cheers to Brian Armstrong. Now, he might be the Bobcat coach of the year. Yeah. Right. If not Brenton Vegan himself. But. Brian Armstrong, boo, loving it, man. He's got the offensive line yeah. rolling. Cole Sane goes out. Um, Marcus Ware goes out. We only quadruple Weber State's rushing per game in one game. Just unreal. They're playing so good.
0: Scott Smith asks, with Bobcat success, through injuries this season, are there any currently injured or otherwise unavailable players that we need back in order to get to Frisco? We already answered that question. Where are you looking? We totally did. <laughs> are you not in the document? Like, where are you looking, man? I am in the document. I thought that we. I deleted didn't the document. You're one, not but- in the same document, are you? Ah, <laughs> uh,
1: I'm. I must be in the old one. <laughs> I didn't. I'm sorry. I don't know. We already answered that one. Do you see T-Renos? Ask T-Renos. Okay. What, if anything, do you take from the fact that
0: Davis lost at South Dakota State by two points, a team that beat NDSU and is ranked number one? Thanks, T-Reno. While the Cats laid 41 on Davis. I looked that up. I take absolutely nothing from that, T-Reno. That was the second week of the... Year when they when that happened. That is almost eons ago as far as football is concerned.
1: I mean South Dakota State, I know has improved a lot since the beginning of the season. Their offense has finally kind of gotten on track. They they really were struggling to score any points there for a while. But I do take something from it. Like it's not I don't think you can completely ignore it. Um now I'm not saying that it means anything if we play South Dakota State, but Honestly, I mean, it's, it's, you got to take some positives away from the fact that the Cats smoked a team that South Dakota State struggled against. Granted, that two point yeah. win's a little deceiving because I think, uh, UC Davis had to score like two touchdowns in like, the last couple minutes to make it even a borderline game or something like that. It wasn't like it was back and forth affair all the game long. But, you know, I do take, I do take something away from that. Now, what, what it means in terms of the matchups against South Dakota State. Pro- probably nothing, but so I, I yeah. guess really nothing, I guess is my final answer. <laughs> Talk myself right into, a, you know what? No, nah, pro- probably not much.
0: Yeah. Fully was right.
1: I okay. honestly just take the fact that I think UC Davis is not that bad of a team and the Cats steamrolled them for whatever you want to equate that to whatever you want to uh, attribute that to. I don't know, but you know, UC Davis is on a tear now. Um, we were the worst loss for them all year and they could end up making the playoffs
0: that's one team i would not want to play right now
1: okay so ask the next question that was from t reno <laughs> at bobcat 72 on twitter all
0: right i'll do all your reading for you fcs football aficionado in looking toward the playoffs what is one team you don't want to see the cats have to face early and what is a matchup for the cats that would get you especially excited?
1: I wanted you to transition right into them, and I'm just setting you up for some easy conversation here because they're just talking about. <laughs> I don't want to see UC Davis. I'm like, hey. well, go ahead and ask the next question. Oh, I guess we'll have to do. Well, I don't think for that's you. my answer, though. Like I, you know, they, they might make the playoffs, but it I don't might think not be your answer. answer. I'm just saying it's a perfect segue. Come on, whatever. Roll All with right, it. fair enough. <laughs> so UC Davis isn't your answer. Who would be your answer? Was one team? I don't think don't want I would to... want to play Weber again. Weber,
0: I think they would. Uh, you know, assuming, well, I don't know at this point because we're both really highly ranked. Would we go to Ogden or, you know, it depends on what happens in the next couple of weeks. Weber would be tough. The other thing, one that I would I would not get excited about is playing Montana. I kind of hate the Cadgers. I mean, I'm just gonna state it. I think it's a overhyped game. It gets too much there's too many feels for this guy. It's uh it's
1: a lot for Ryan Foley. It is maybe, not I like when we win.
0: It's if you can't just, handle that's it is. one
1: thing, but it's not overhyped, man. It's special and it's exactly hyped. Maybe maybe I'm exactly wrong in that that's statement. True.
0: You're right. You're okay, well, whatever. But it's just too much for me. I'm yeah. not a big fan of the cat race, okay? No, Okay. I'm not gonna be a I would hate to see I would I would not want to play the Grizz twice, no matter what, because it was just the thought of losing that. And not to say I would project us losing that, but let's say we did lose that, you wouldn't live that down. No. That would be talked about for years. And it would just be, it would be like some landmark game where you would just not live that down. Like, But if we win, we would hold that over the Grizz for years as well. It's just,
1: it's not worth it. I don't to, know. It's too the big. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. I couldn't handle a cat Grizz playoff game anywhere. Someone's like, yeah, let's have the cat Grizz be the championship game. I'm like, no. No, never. <sighs> never.
0: I might actually like have a heart attack before that. Like that there would be that much anxiety going on in my body. My my heart would be like I might die. Done. Foley's
1: out. Wake me up. Um, let's see. So I'm gonna try and take uh more. Random approach, I guess. Um, I don't think I'd want to play Incarnate Word. I don't think they're that
0: good this year, man. I know they're, I know they're like, like the up and coming. Okay, or Incarnate Word. I don't know, man. I just think it's like, so last year we played. Who was it? It wasn't uh, Missouri State. it? Who? It was um Undercuffler's team, not Undercuffler's team. The, um, <laughs> who would he beat with Tommy Malott? UT Martin. Team Martin. I think they're kind of like Martin.
1: I don't think they're anything like UT Martin. Hey, well,
0: I think you're wrong.
1: I mean, there. I don't. I was trying to pull up the stats before I got to it. I'm not sure I'm going to get there. Uh, they pass the ball very well. Like Lindsey, so Lindsey Martin. Yeah, Lindsey. No, Lindsey Scott's the second number two passer in the country. Man, he's throws for. He's thrown for three thousand and ninety yards a game. He's thrown for thirty eight touchdowns and four interceptions. Man.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's because they run the same offense as Washington State used to run. Yeah, well,
1: look at right. Cam Ward is doing pretty damn good at Wazoo. Their quarterback, Incarnate Ward's quarterback all right. He's doing all right. last year. He's doing all right. He's doing good He's doing right. enough to be a starting Power 5 quarterback. Lindsey Scott didn't miss a beat with them. I don't want to see a team that can throw the ball over the field because that's where the Bobcats struggle most. We would be too physical. We'd get after him. Yeah, maybe.
0: I don't think our lines match up well, man. And that's the biggest difference outside of the Missouri Valley Conference and the Big Sky Conference. You you start looking at the lines, it's just mismatch.
1: I don't know. That's all I'm saying. I think they would be a bad matchup for the Cats in terms of like just your non traditional powers if we're going outside of it. Other than that, he specifically asked early in the in this in the playoffs. That's a little harder. I don't really know who you who you'd catch on there. I mean, obviously, I don't want to see any of the North Dakota, South Dakota State, but you're not going to catch them early in the playoffs.
0: No, we probably wouldn't. Some other teams I might want to avoid. Elon. I don't. I don't want to see Matt McKay again. I don't know why. I just think it would be weird. I think some people would revel in it and probably make it like bad day for him. I, th- I think he just got to, you know, move on from that and just, I, I don't know. I don't, for some reason, I just want to avoid that situation.
1: Yeah. No, I, I hear you so, too. Because if, if Matt McCain wins that game, it's like sweet revenge or whatever for him. And that's uh, just kind of, it is what it is. Oh, by the way. It is
0: weird to think. Go ahead.
1: No, no, you go ahead.
0: I was going to say, it is weird to think that North Dakota State depends on what happens in the next couple of weeks could end up as a, like a six seed. As low as the six seed, so you know Montana State could be probably best case scenario if we went out probably two seed.
1: I don't think we're going to get the one seed at all, but two seed, not unless SDSU slips up. We need like Sac State and South Dakota State to slip up, and of course take care of business. So
0: yeah, so if Weber beats Sac State this weekend and we went out. I mean, there's p- potential Weaver gets the number three. We get the number two. It's going to be weird. It's so There's so much up in the air in the next three weeks. It's crazy. It's true. Speaking of which, the next three weeks, are you going to come out again? Are you thinking about coming out this uh, Spokane? Watch the
1: Cat Grizz. Uh, geez, put me on a spot here. I don't All know. 2019. I, I did think about that. So it's, it's a possibility. I'm not ruling it out. I haven't thought that far ahead, though. All right. But that uh, would be pretty cool. All right. Uh, yeah, Incarnate Word beat Southern Illinois 64 to 29, and they beat Nevada. Southern Illinois sucks. They beat Nevada 55 to 41. Southern Illinois is, was ranked last last week. Now they dropped out because they, they went on a streak, and then they lost a the game again. They're hot Dude, and cold. The bottom 25,
0: anybody past 18 sucks, man. It's the FCS. We've talked about this every stinking week, man. The FCS is a fledgling ship. Outside of the top eight, there's nothing.
1: Idaho's twenty-four. I would guarantee you. Idaho's twenty-fourth. Elon's twenty-third.
0: Guarantee- Doesn't matter, man. It, it's it's not. Do you want to play Idaho? Look at look at the big sky. Who wouldn't want look to play at Idaho? That? Portland State. Like if you actually put it to the if you put it to the metal, Portland State was better than probably teams twenty through fifteen.
1: Maybe. <laughs> I think you're, Maybe? you're valuing some of the teams in here. But you might be right. You might be right. You think you think Portland State could beat n- New Hampshire and Rhode Island? Like, c- Colonial athletic powers? Yeah, I do. I think Eastern Washington could as well. You're also saying Portland State could beat Idaho, which Idaho smoked Portland State. <laughs> no, Idaho is underranked right now. Okay. Alright. I mean you are probably right, but I don't know. I incarnate words still. Still, I'm sticking on it. Alright. Uh how about fun <laughs> matchups? He also asks us like who'd be a fun matchup for the Cats. Who would you who would you get especially excited to play? Nothing's jumping to my Let's mind. roll over here. It would be fun to play Idaho. I I mean I don't be, know why. That'd be I fun. Don't wanna, I don't, it'd be yeah. they're, they're a, a decent fan base, like a decent sized fan base within the conference. So it w- that'd be yeah. fun. I'm, I'm not looking fighting at the re- Patrinos anymore, so that's pretty cool. I'm looking at the rest. Delaware, of the- yeah, Delaware, yeah, Delaware. That'd be that'd be pretty cool. We never played them, have we? Like they have been like an F- SES power on and knowledge. off. They won a national championship, and we've never played them. Like they've had, they've been down for like a decade now, but. They're they're one of them. Uh who else would be fun? It would be cool to see
0: the bison come to Bozeman.
1: I yeah, I'm a semi bio game. It would be fun to see the bison but in Bozeman. Because that did happen once and they steamrolled us even then, but you know, times <laughs> times have changed. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to see them at home. That that'd be good. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't know, Jackson State would be fun. Deion Sanders hanging around Bobcat Stadium. They're not playing. They're not going in to the FCS playoffs, man. I know, I know they're that. Playing the bowl game. I'm just saying, we're talking about dream matchups here. Jackson State's the fifth ranked team in the country, but they're going to forego the playoffs like they do every year. Like, like the winner yeah. of uh, whatever, um, HBCU's swack, all that stuff, playing that championship game, celebration bowl. Hey, Thorny, it's before
0: called. we get before we get out of here, I, I wanted to ask you this: What do you think about Sac State? You think they're you think they're le- legit good, or what's your like? What's your like true thoughts on Sac State?
1: I think their season could very well end the same way that the last two have. Like they're good, they're a very good football team, but I'm just not sure they're built for the playoffs mentally. I, I could see like a team like uh, Incarnate Word or like New Hampshire, Chattanooga. Going to Sac State and knocking them out of the playoffs. Yeah. Is that because that happened before? Yes. Or is that because of what you see now? Well, both. Like Sac State really struggled to beat Montana and Idaho. They did beat them, but they're both at home. And, uh, you know, kudos to them. I just, they haven't shown anything to me. Like their defense is still a little bit suspect. Their offense can stall out at times and make mistakes and play. You know, throw some interceptions. Like, I don't know. I just don't love Sac State right now. Yeah. I'm with you, bud. Now, if I was betting money, I'd probably still say they'd they'd win their first playoff game this year, but I would not be surprised at all if it don't. I wouldn't be shocked at all. Any other questions? I think I'm good. We hit the hour mark, we did it. We did it. I'm like so tired and it's earlier than we've ever recorded in a while. And I'm just like crashing, man. This is what happens when there's no game to recap. Like just not quite as juiced for the podcast. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. All right. Well, let's get out of here then, huh?
0: Well, let's uh, let's. uh, Pick a winner. Let's, yep. I mean, I think I know who this one is going to be. Is Mr. Brendan Henshaw. Brendan. Yeah, Brendan. Nice. Man, you got yourself a free golden coolie. One of the best coolies out there. And like, I'm not going to lie. This coolie is like stitched on the side when they gave us the new ones with the updated fabric. It is. It's nice, man. You're going to like it.
1: Woo. Good stuff. Lovely. All right. Well, congratulations to Brendan Henshaw. Thanks to everyone who purchased a Cooley here in the last week or so. We really appreciate that. Like you said, you can purchase one or support the show in other ways. Kofi.com. That's K-O hyphen dot com slash r cast. You can visit the web, R-R You can find a link to Kofi on our website as well. You can always find us on Twitter, r cat cast there, the recurring threads that we have on Bobcat nation, the golden Cooley thread, the main thread where we post new episodes, you can email us at rrcatcast at gmail.com. Thanks again to Manhattan Bank for being our dank sponsor for the 2022-2023 athletic calendar year. Woo! All right, Foley, let's get out of here. Go Cats. Go Cats. Go Cats. <laughs>